If you're a more energetically sensitive creative leader or entrepreneur who's ready to transform your sensitivities into your superpowers so that you can spend more time in the flow and less time in the internal struggle, then you've come to the right place. The Empathic Entrepreneur Podcast with me, Anna Long Stokes, blends business and spiritual principles to help creatives, leaders, and entrepreneurs identify common energetic roadblocks and how to overcome them to live a more purpose-driven and energetically aligned life. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Empathic Entrepreneur Podcast with me, your host, Anna Long-Stokes. Okay, so today we have a really fun topic. I feel like this is kind of accidentally my zone of genius because of all the trial and erroring. Is that even a thing? Trial and erroring? <laughs> I've had a lot of trials and errors and um, was starting businesses. And some have really worked out and some have not, and some were never meant to work out. And so today's episode is all about how to start making money doing what you love. So the reason I'm saying that this is how to make money doing what you love as opposed to starting a business is that I find that a lot of people who have acquired a lot of skills and they're ready to maybe begin making money off of these skills, they're a little hesitant to even sometimes say, oh, I'm starting a business. Like maybe they're starting a side hustle. Maybe they want to get paid for their hobby, but they're not even calling it a business yet. I know a lot of people who started doing the thing they love as just kind of a side hustle. They never planned on leaving their job, but it sort of took over. And then they realized, oh, geez, like I can go for this. Like I can start like a business. And I find that when people go into it with the mindset of, oh, I need to start a business, they start getting so freaking bogged down in the details. And they start thinking about things that honestly are the things I usually think about last, which is like getting an EIN, uh, federal, that's like in the U S like our federal business registration or getting a bank account set up. Like, yes, all of that you will need to get set up eventually when you start a business, but you can also just use PayPal and Venmo, just like you pay your friends for dinner to get paid for what you do. So there's so much flexibility in the realm of making money doing what you love. And I am by no means doing um, recording today's episode to, I don't know, to even assume that everybody wants to start a business because not everyone does. I was personally extremely validated by starting businesses and making money for myself. That was a huge uh, goal of mine, I believe, going into this lifetime. Not even, I don't know, not even for the money. I think really it was mostly for that creative freedom I was seeking, as well as just freedom in general, a little bit more schedule freedom than I ever felt like I've been able to find with a job. So without further ado, let's dive into how to start making money doing what you love. Okay. So the first thing that I recommend that you do is you beta test your idea. And what I mean by beta test is let's say you are, I don't know, a Reiki healer or you're a clairvoyant and you want to start offering your services. You've received certification. 
you're feeling kind of confident in what you do, but you know you need to like practice a little bit more and you know you're ready to just start making money, even if it's just a little bit, but where do you get started? I would recommend going through a beta test process because when you test it with a little group of individuals, you get the energy moving. There's something like that just sort of takes the pressure off when you know that you're testing it and you might change. So years ago, I created a class called um, Beta Lab, where the whole point of it was like people who had ideas for businesses and they wanted to like run through it and test it and make sure they liked it. And if they didn't, well, they could take that same methodology and they could go on to start a different beta test. And then maybe eventually, whichever one they liked of the three that they tried, they would go on and start an actual business out of it. No one wants to go have to have to set up like three different LLCs, three different you know, buy three different URLs, da, 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 da. Like allow yourself some time and space to test your ideas, to make sure you even want to do them and to make sure like other people are going to pay for them. Like it's an actual floatable idea. You know, sometimes people tell me their ideas and I just find myself kind of this intuitive part of me going, gosh, I, I don't, I don't think that's like the idea, the idea, like it's a starter idea, but it's probably not where they're going to end up, but it's a part of their process to trial it out. So first thing is to beta test. And if you're going, Anna, I don't know how to beta test. Don't worry, because all the other steps I'm going to go through in the podcast, this episode are about how to beta test. Okay. So the second thing is I want you to get clarity on your likes, your dislikes, what you want your everyday to look like. So many people go into starting a business and they don't think about themselves first and foremost. And so they end up building businesses or paid hobbies, whatever you want to call it, that don't work for them. And they end up throwing in the towel. And it's not because they don't like what they're doing. It's usually because they haven't set it up in a way that was reflective of what they truly desired. So let's say you're an evening person, like you get most of your energy towards the evening, but you set your business up thinking that everyone wants your service in the morning. So you go, you put your schedule together and all of a sudden you're waking up every morning resentful that you have to see your clients. Well, that's probably your bad. You don't want to resent your clients because you didn't think through what you truly wanted. So this is a process. There's all these different domains of really asking yourself, like, what does an ideal client look like? Like, what do they act like? How do they talk to me? What does an ideal day look like? Like when I wake up, what time is it? What is my morning routine? What am I doing in the afternoon? What is my evening? How will I know I've had a fulfilling day? I know people who've been in business for years and have never asked themselves these questions, and then they don't know why they're burning out. And this is the number one reason. So I'm going to help you out with this one. I've included a link to my free, I call it a vision quest. It is a little vision quest. It's a PDF downloadable. It's free. And it's just a chance for you to take some time and space to consider what your vision is and how, you know, your desires are going to intersect with that of getting paid, doing what you love because you've got to find the intersection. And that's when people get successful more quickly than they usually are even aware that they could get successful in. 
So go on a little vision quest, figure out your likes, dislikes, spend a lot of time dreaming and figuring out what your ideal day looks like. That's the foundation. Okay, number number three, uh, learning how to learning how to like dive into your story. This was a big one for me, especially if you're someone who has had a a variety of careers and maybe even a variety of businesses or all of these skill sets, and you're kind of like, what's my story? Like, what's the theme here? What's the thread? Um, I always found it very helpful to write my story out. And I do this with my business incubator one-to-one clients is I have them write out three stories that represent these kind of experiences that they believe shaped them and made them them. And there's some aha process that always ends up happening when they do this exercise. And they usually get clarity about two things. They get clarity about why they're doing what they're doing, and they get clarity about who who they're there to help. Even if they went into the exercise being like, I don't know, I just want to help people. Like they usually come out of it going, oh, like I kind of have a niche here. Like I kind of have a certain demographic that I'm attracted to working with because of XYZ experiences. So I encourage you to dive into your story. And then from that bigger story, you can begin to refine it into a standard about page. And then from that about page, you can begin to refine it into a paragraph that summarizes you. It's that paragraph that, you know, if you get interviewed on a podcast, people are going to have a paragraph about you, your story, like kind of all those bullets. And then from that, you can refine it down even further into like, what's my Instagram bio or my Facebook bio, those 140 characters where I get a you know, say who I am, like, what is that? So you start with the big picture and then you begin whittling it down from there. Okay. So that's number three, telling your story. And I will say the big thing about this is learning how to like own your journey. If there's parts of your story that don't make sense to you and you're like, I don't know why I went from this to this. If you start writing your story, you're going to begin to see why. Most of us don't take enough time in our life to reflect on ourselves and what got us to where we are. And when we take the time to do this, a lot of magic happens. This is like the easiest exercise for me with my clients because I never have to like come to the call being like, great, what happened? Because they're always like, oh my God, this happened. It was revolutionary. So we're going to dive. I plan to dive more into kind of each of these individual ones in upcoming podcasts if you're curious about learning more. But I will say telling your story is an important one. Okay, number four, define who you help and how you help. So maybe you haven't worked on people yet, right? Like maybe you haven't done your beta test. Then this is going to be harder for you. But I'm sure if you've gone through some type of certification program or um, you've practiced on friends, you know, even just honestly emailing three friends and being like, what are my best qualities? What stands out about me? And I know this is like cringy, but people are always happy to do this for you, friends or family members. And you might get something reflected back to you that surprises you. Every time I've done this with my clients, they always have a lot of ahas about how other people see them, things that we take for granted about ourselves. Those who love us reflect back to us. And we're like, oh, I didn't realize like this was my strength. I didn't realize that holding space for people was my strength. Like that's taken me forever to realize, oh, what I do is I'm a good space holder. I could do a million different things, but what I excel at is space holding. 
And in that held space, people can have a lot of release. You know, for some people, it might be I you're always the person I turn to and you always lend a compassionate listening ear. Maybe that person takes for granted that they are a compassionate listener and that that's actually very rare. So if you haven't worked with clients, I encourage you to email three friends or family members or more and just say, hey, I'm working on creating like my first service Um, and I want to do some beta testing, but I'm kind of trying to get clear on how I am unique. Could you help, you know, could you tell me some of the attributes about me that you most admire or that stand out to you about me? And just leave it at that. And you're going to learn a lot. And if you have seen clients, make sure you're getting those testimonials, especially on those first clients you're working with. It's not only going to provide insight to you, it's going to help others who are going to be on the fence about working with you decide if they want to work with you as well. So you can get some testimonials. Okay, so next thing after after you go through that process, because going through that process is probably going to help you at this point, you've done your story, you have found out, you know, how you help people or what stands out about you. It's time to create one service, just start with one and price it. Even don't price it if you're doing beta testing and you're going to do it for free. Like whatever, I don't care. If you're getting stuck on the money, don't start on the money. Just put it out there. Create a name, a description, and what the offerables are, what the deliverables are, what people are likely to experience from that service. And I encourage you when you're naming a service, don't name it what you don't do. Like don't be like Reiki session. I don't know. I think that's so boring. People often don't want things to be named what you do. They want to know what they're going to get out of it. So I recently launched my Soul Connection Clairvoyant Readings. You know, and I I renamed it that because I was like, I'm providing a soul connection. Like people are connecting with their soul through these readings and getting their next steps. And that's a big deal. That's what they care about. They don't care that it's a clairvoyant reading as much. You know, if I were to call it like, vision, vision, clairvoyant reading or something, people would be like, I don't know, it's vague. So try to think about what people, like what's happening in the service or what people are getting out of it. And then you're likely to come up with a more creative name that is going to help you stand out. Okay. So next part, get three to four beta testers and get testimonials. I know I talked about this in the step above, but maybe you don't have those yet. So now if you've created your service, it would be a good time to find those beta testers. Find people that you think need this. You could ask friends and family if they have referrals. If you don't feel comfortable, whatever the service is working with friends and family, ask your friends and family if they have a friend who needs that service and start getting a couple of clients who can then really begin to give you some feedback. Okay, step number seven is refine the process. So once you have all of this together, and so I'll go through the steps again. Once you have gotten clarity about your ideal day and your likes and dislikes, and then you have figured out your story and begun to form an identity around that and about page, you've defined who and how you help, you've created a service and possibly a price. Then the next start step is finding those beta testers, getting those testimonials. And then the next step is refining the process. So this is the time where you step back and you go, okay, what worked? What didn't work? Maybe, you know, common things I've seen is people realize that they were undercharging 
people realized that they had allotted a certain amount of time, but they needed less or they needed more. People realized, oh my God, I don't want to work with those types of clients. What was I thinking? Maybe, and this I don't see this a lot, but maybe they realize they don't want to do it at all. In which case, I'm usually doing more screening around have they hit some type of block? Is that really their truth? Often they actually do want to do the thing, but they've hit some blocks or fears that have come along the way through some of the other steps, or maybe having a couple bad Apple clients right out of the gate, which can happen in the beginning a lot more than, you know, when you've been doing this a while, whatever it is you've been doing. So that's normal, but, um, refine the process, figure out what worked in that testing process. So the really cool thing about this and about calling it a beta test, as opposed to like, I'm starting a business is you, you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater or you don't have to come out of the gate feeling like it needs to be perfect. You can even tell the people, Hey, will you be my beta tester? Here's what that means to me. I'm looking for. I'm looking to refine this process. I'm looking to see what you get out of it. I'm looking to find your words after the fact about what you get out of it. So I want you to go into this knowing that there will be some refinement involved. Okay, and the final step is launch it. If you love it, you've done your refinement, everything's in order, launch it to the world. You don't have to have a website. You don't have to have a bank account. You don't have to have all of that. It could literally be that you set up a free link tree page for your Instagram that has a link to your free Calendly because Calendly will let you have a free account if you have one service in there. And then, you know, you link it to your personal bank account so that when they pay you, it it just goes into your personal bank account for now. And you could track that on an Excel spreadsheet separately. That's it. You created your first service and you're getting paid. (sighs) I'm going to take a big breath there. (laughs) I know that was a lot. Um, but I hope it I hope I hope it makes sense to you. I hope the flow makes sense to you. And I hope you see how you can go from having a desire, just a desire, and the skills. You have to have the skills too. If you don't have the skills and you know you want to be doing something, then you need to go find the skills. But try not to get stuck in that loop of gathering up so many different sets of skills that you're not, um, you're just finding a way to like avoid taking the step. Oh, I'm doing this training now. I'm doing this training now. Great. Do those trainings. And while you're doing that, make money. I always encourage people, if you went to a training for something, go make money from it. Quit creating all of these, you know, loopholes from taking the real step, which is Are you afraid of getting paid for doing what you love? Because that's usually what it boils down to is a lot around self-worth and whether or not you believe that you are valuable enough and worthy of getting paid to do something you love. Because there's a lot of energy out there, a lot of societal beliefs that you might have accidentally subconsciously bought into that are telling you you're actually not worthy, that the only way you can make money is doing crap you don't like. Now, if that's your mindset, you know, there's a lot of things you can do around that. That's another episode, but I encourage you to continue to follow and listen to podcasts of entrepreneurs who have been where you're at and they had to blow up that mindset so that they could create the life that gets them excited. You know, there's nothing wrong with working a job if that's what you want. 
And there's times in my life where I've gone in and out of working a job, sometimes to pay the bills and sometimes to just be in a different space than entrepreneurship. Because sometimes entrepreneurships, you know, it can be like, oh, I've been doing this for a while. What would it feel like to work for someone else? You know, it's it's interesting. So whatever it is, I encourage you to begin to look at what your next steps are. Is a beta test what's needed for you? Do you need to begin to test so that you can kind of bring your idea to life? Do you need to clear some energy around self-worth? Like what is, what is your block? If you have a real big desire to be making money, doing what you love, you know, turn inwards, reflect upon that part of you that has this answer for yourself. You don't need to hire me to give you this answer. I know you have this answer for yourself. What is blocking you from taking that step? And what can you do to remove that block and continue on your path so that you can make money doing what you love? Okay, that is all for today, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And again, I will be out with some fun podcast episodes this next month that are diving a little bit more into the business building component of being an empathic entrepreneur, some of the challenges we face, and just some of the nuts and bolts helpful tips that have um, helped my clients and helped myself grow grow businesses where we get paid to, to do what we love. Okay. In the meantime, keep creating. Thanks for listening to the Empathic Entrepreneur Podcast with me, Anna Long Stokes. For more information on these and many more topics or to contact me for a consultation, please visit our new website at www.empathicenergymethod.com or check out the show notes for direct links. And hey, if you like this podcast, please remember to take a moment to leave a star rating, a review, or just to share it with a friend. Okay, until next time, keep creating.